Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't want to, I, I can't, I don't want to live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week, we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I just remember being able to stand by the water and look up at the sky and hear the noises, and I didn't think they were gunshots. I was like, those are Disney fireworks. I don't even know what to imagine for myself now, my future, because I have one. This is Life After PTSD. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. My name is Jeff McLaughlin, your host, as always with me, the cohort, Carrie Russo. Oh, man, I was yes. going to get it and say I got it in before she was able to. And Carrie, special guest today, Paula Navarro. Hey, yes. how's Hi. it going? How are you guys? It's good to have uh, you. Yeah, good to have problem. you. Guys, today we're going to talk about the subject of um, sexual abuse and, and rape and things like that and why people don't report. You okay? say it so casually. You know, well, so, so sexual and, and, abuse, no, rape, I was going to, I was like going to actually address that right away and say like, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing to sort of shift, you know, and go into such a deep subject right away. But mm -hmm. this is a big deal. Yeah, it is. All right. It's a big, big topic that we want to tackle. And, you know, like we often try to do, we, we've tried with all of the episodes of life after PTSD to cover like every subject so there's sort of a resource bank out there that we can say man this and, and we use it all the, all the time that way hey you should listen to this episode it applies to that conversation that we had or whatever it is you know this and is we one were of those sitting we don't, in the room earlier yeah, just mm -hmm. talking about the fact that why don't people report it there's issues right. with with this commonly right so we don't have this in the can and this is a this is admittedly a very difficult subject and I would say also a trigger warning type subject mm -hmm. kind of too. There may be some out there that this is not an episode for you. We're not going to get graphic or anything and talk about this stuff. We really want to focus on maybe the sort of the psychology yeah. right, of what happens when somebody doesn't report or why they would not do that. So um, as we're talking here, Carrie, I want you to maybe kind of lead off with, with the subject and just sort of address like what it um, – you know, why, why don't people report from your perspective? And, you know, cause there are some on the outside that would go, that's insane. Like, why would you not report something like that? Right. But, uh, why don't you well, lead I us know. off? I, I think most therapists and even anybody who's been through this knows right. why people don't report it. Definitely. Number one, most people don't even know they've been abused. I mean, I, I think agree. the first thing is to even recognize, well, what is rape and abuse, sexual abuse? I mean, right. it's such a broad topic did this happen do you have official like a it? formal definition of that that you can so sexual abuse would be any unwanted sexual activity so if it's showing pornography okay it's gonna say in this di digital generation it's not yeah. just touching right it's, right. I mean, it's, it's not just touching and that's where things, i hesitate right? i had to hesitate like wait yeah. no yeah. it's not just yeah. touching yeah you know so if someone is you know being subject to watching you know pornography that they don't want to watch okay. and of course in it with a child it's definitely mm -hmm. That is that is sexual abuse. Yes. Someone is showing them pornography. Um, so yeah, it's a broad, broad topic. And I think most people, though, that we have seen, when just don't know that it actually even happened. Yeah, they just it happened all of a sudden. They're sitting there, shaking their head, right? Going, I don't think I wanted this, this to happen. But true. let's yeah. face it, as as women, I mean, Paula, don't you feel like this? As women, we've been told. Well, you can't dress a certain way right. because you might mm -hmm. cause someone yeah. else mm -hmm. 
to want to rape you. Right? Yeah, that's and terrible. It's it, it's yeah. a horrible thing yeah. as, mm-hmm. as women that this is what we do. And unfortunately, you you'll hear the other side. Well, and this is well, she shouldn't have dressed that way, mm-hmm. or or she shouldn't have or, made that made that comment, or she shouldn't have done this or that. Right. She was asking for it. Or she was asking for it. So, right. so, so let's, I want to say That's this. Tough. Can, can I speak as a man on this? I really want to like, cause I want to call this out. I don't want you to speak as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I could. I mean, that would be a very tall order. Okay. But as a man on the subject, when I hear that defense, like mm. e- even if that were true, even if there mm-hmm. was some provocative dress or something right. like that. What when, is that? What does that reduce a man to? Like, oh, he couldn't help himself. Well, it, it, yes, for right. starters, but mm-hmm. man, if I'm sorry, if if that's your defense, if that's your excuse, you're a little boy. You're not a man. Mm. Uh, can I just say that? I mean, but this I, stuff. I, this yeah. stuff enrages well, me know, to no end I when I hear this. And I will say, I don't know that it's the men that did the raping saying, "Oh, well, she shouldn't have dressed like that." Right. I think or, it's other people saying, right. oh, no, oftentimes well, it's like guy. it can be a parent. It can be like a parent of a teenage a girl parent, saying that kind of stuff, yes, right? Or a counselor yes. or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's just insane, right. you know? Some, just some crazy stats for you. Every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Um, one out of six American women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. One out of six mm-hmm. right there. Um, they say about three quarters of these go unreported. Mm-hmm. Three quarters go unreported. Oh, I believe that. I definitely believe that. And so let's say that we really don't know the numbers. And by the way, right. but one out of, one out of thirty three um, men in America have experienced a rape. They've been raped in their lifetime. So we often, you know, just a lot of men are just kind of probably snickering at something like that. Going, yeah. it happens though. No, yeah, right? it, it happens. Does, it, it goes de- both it ways, happens. doesn't it? Right. Okay, it goes both ways. Um, yeah, it's insane. I mean. Uh, Majority of victims they're saying are are uh, twelve to seventeen years old. Of, you well, know, let's say it's something so private, kind of right? You know? It's it's so private and yeah. personal, mm-hmm. and and you just often people just don't know like what just happened. I think what that's just happened. Yep. What just happened, and was this really abuse? Is this and, my fault? It, yes. I, I'm I'm at fault for it yep. that this happened. Yep. I'm at fault, and so I think there's that blame game on your on yourself. And if you've had that. Oh, you shouldn't have dressed that way. Or you shouldn't have been there. Or you shouldn't have been alone with that person. Then you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. Right. Then this is your fault. Right. And so I think that that's also part of it. Um, And also culturally, you know. Hmm. Um, So when we're looking at different cultures, um, I'm Latina. And so within the. I love how she says that, by the way. I'm like, (laughs) can you teach me to speak cool like that? Can you do our intros for the show? Latina. (laughs) Um, In reference to. just because I'm exposed um, to the Latino, you know, culture, it's kind of this thing of like sweep it under the rug. Um, and it's so dangerous. And uh, growing up in this generation where I am a Dominican American born, raised in Jersey. Well, I'm like, that doesn't seem right. That that doesn't seem right to me. Why would why would you? Because you don't want to be known right. as that. Right. Oh, yeah. You don't definitely. want to be known. You don't want to be known as, as that right. girl exactly. that, was, that, w- that was abused. Yeah. That's the other part. You don't want to be known as the girl that was raped. Or, the, gr- or the girl that told. I mean, nobody wants to be girl. a tattletale. Hmm. Right. That or was the like the worst told. kid. Who's, come on, in school, who is the worst kid in class? Right. The one that is that the tattletale, told. right? Right. Nobody wants to be friends with that person because mm-hmm. then they'll lose the friendships in their school or yeah. whatnot. Nobody yeah. wants to be, or you don't want to be around that person. You want to live a normal life. Can I get back to my, mm-hmm. my normal mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. really? Or, or do I have to be that girl, that girl that's going to be singled out 
Right. And, so and, that's and, huge. and let's face it, you were in the wrong place. You were in the wrong place at the right. Time. Oh, the, so you had bad. You have poor judgment. Right. Well, in yeah. defense yeah. of the normalcy, I get that. I understand that. You know, like I want to move on with my life. Like I get that mindset. Right. I really, really do. And yeah. it just it's just the sort of catch twenty two of all of that is when these things go unreported, they continue to happen, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's some of the struggle of it. Well, you and, know. and I've even have I, I've even had um, girls. Well, women. They're young married women. Mm-hmm who have come to me because they're having issues and intimacy Mm -hmm. in their marriage Mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure it out. And we start to look at what's happened and they're like, well, yeah, actually in elementary school or at some point in my Mm -hmm. life, this happened. Someone touched me, someone did something and no, I never told anybody. And when I've asked them why, you know, like, what did you ever think of telling I had people say, I never even crossed my mind to tell. That it was, that it was abuse or that it was wrong. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, but should I say something? Well, they did it too. I did it. I did it. I could have screamed and run away, yeah. mm-hmm. but we, I was at a friend's house playing and she said, mm-hmm. this is how we were going to play. Right. And then I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go over there another time, but my mom said I should. Right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. Which yeah. is crazy because you think about some of the things that kids will snitch on each other for. Yeah. Right. Not you would think, but not this one. The, the most, perhaps the most egregious thing that but you could actually well, have but happen. Part of the problem is because physiologically their right. body responds. Right. right. Exactly. If so somebody you're playing with, fair. somebody you trust right. and you're playing with, all of a sudden is touching you sexually, yes. her body, our bodies That's are created to respond. to respond. Exactly. So you're responding. Interesting angle. And now yeah. you're confused yeah. because. Oh, I've never felt that feeling. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what do I do now? And the truth is that if you respond, right, that actually means your body is functioning normal. Exactly. Yeah. It's Paula, actually, that's so good. Yeah, it's actually functioning as it should, responding. But you feel guilt. But you feel guilt because something's not right. Something's off, right? Is this person supposed to protect me? Or are they supposed to be touching me this way? You know, and so especially with um, child abuse, we see that. Um, and then you have mm-hmm. a, and then you have a secret with and your you uncle or your cousin or your best friend on the street. Right. And now you have a secret. T- tell me this though, Carrie, I want to, for both of you, if you have some expertise on the subject, but just what we've talked about in the past of like memory and how poor memory can be too. Um, I'm not going down the angle of somebody thinking something that happened that didn't. I'm talking about the fact that, you know, if, especially if it's a trauma and they're trying to sort of blot that out of their mind, that the mind sort of creates this narrative mm-hmm. that says this didn't happen right. or it wasn't so bad or whatever. If that's part of what kind of helps somebody to not tell or whatever, do you think that's a factor in there at all? I do. I do. Actually, I was reading something not too long ago and this may be a little controversial, but it's almost like the biggest gift that God could have given us was actually denial, you really? know, kind of like to go into that place of this didn't happen to me in a sense. And I'm looking at it as a, as a the devil's advocate here, sure. like this didn't happen to me, but it's really a defense mechanism that yeah. we have denial like this or suppressing yeah. um, those actual thoughts or the memory that came with it. But, you know, eventually what is not right what's not transformed will be transmitted so whatever wow, we are not allowing line. out again what's that's not transformed line. right what's not trans- will be transmitted right that's what's so not, good what's not coming out of your mouth you're going to start feeling it in yeah. your body you're yeah. going to have um, biological like reactions anxiety depression and yeah. that's a lot of what we see in the beginning phase after someone has been sexually assaulted and that's why there is that fear of speaking out. I mean, you you're go, you're so impacted at that moment. You don't know your left from your right. You're yeah. up and down yeah. your emotions, and so well, it perfectly accords yeah. to. I'm looking at the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, and um, they they report that 81 percent of women um, post rape post rape experiences actually report significant short term or long term impacts like PTSD. Mm, so there yeah. you go. 
Right? Uh, absolutely. So they're, they're going to have recurring thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then you can imagine why it's going to affect them Arranging in intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the clients that I had that got to adulthood and mm-hmm. re- realized issues in Im- intimacy didn't actually remember that that happened. Wow. I mean, she did. She remembered that there was an issue. She knew that. Mm-hmm. But she didn't remember it to the extent that you know, she, when she sat down and really thought about, yeah. oh, wow, this did happen. And this did happen more than I realized. And it, maybe it is affecting how I feel. Because the feelings that yeah. I had as a little kid... Mm-hmm that were opened up and made right. aware as a little kid physiologically. Right. Oh, that's what I'm feeling in my marriage. And now I feel guilty, even mm-hmm. though this is okay. And so, right. yeah, what's not transformed will be transmitted. transmitted and, right? So she didn't yeah. transform it. She didn't get therapy early right. on, but she didn't know to. Right. And then, then we see a lot of people um, early uh, in their later years that did have some sort of sexual abuse early on in their childhood or um, early in their adulthood that they'll come out and they'll say something much later in life because once again, what is not transformed is transmitted and they're trying to figure out what's going on with me. Well, I didn't deal with this a long time ago and now I have to deal with it now because I can't seem to have a good relationship. I can't seem to have a solid relationship. What's going on with me? Or I'm not able to be intimate with someone else, just like uh, what you were just mentioning. So that's really important. Yeah, right? well, because when the physiological symptoms came along with guilt initially, guilt and silence, I can't tell mm-hmm. anybody. Now now you're in a safe place, but it doesn't matter. That guilt comes back up because your brain is yeah. thinking, oh, well, maybe there's something wrong with this. Maybe there's something wrong with <clears throat> this. And, you know, Jeff, I just... we. We can do another episode later on this piece, but this goes into what we've talked about before with the purity culture, okay. oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So with the purity culture, you know, we, we, th- those that are in the purity well, culture first, movement. For the listeners, just for somebody, this is maybe a standalone episode, give them the 30 second elevator pitch on what that is anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. So the purity culture, the, the evangelical movement to make purity almost like the highest virtue is is how I would say it. That's, that's the, like fair. the highest virtue fair. is purity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we don't, you know, all the other things that you could do wrong, purity is, is like the worst. Right. And, I think. and, I would, and that's, I, let's ex- add that's nothing wrong with the purity thing with it. The issue is that using oftentimes some very, what, what I would say tactics. are manipulative tactics, right? Of mm-hmm. guilt, fear, and shame a lot of times mm-hmm. to get there. Right, right to motivate and that's that what and that's what girls would hear. Right. And that's and the trauma piece. That's what they're left with. So it's right. like we got this end result. And actually what what's interesting is with all the research that we have, we know that many of the movements that were, you know, like parachurch organizations and things like that that sponsored that stuff, they can't report and this is one of the reasons they don't get much funding anymore. We used to fund this stuff federally, but they can't report that there was actually, you know, a significant shift in behavior. In fact, what they were mm-hmm. reporting was like maybe, maybe if anything, just a few months of prolonging a first premarital sexual activity or something like that. So they really weren't, it wasn't working is what we're, you know, is what we're arguing on that, on that, in so that I, and that using that, those tactics. Okay. This is what I'm talking about right, here. Um, this is different than a mom and a dad or, or whatever the family environment, a youth leader, a, a coach, mentor, you know, actually having a healthy conversation, you know, that was not based on those, those elements. I'm, I'm really talking about the toxic sort of side of that. So, right. We're not saying that the general norm of, hey, it's best to wait till right. you're married to have mm-hmm. sex is wrong. I think that is how, much more healthy. Mm-hmm. Like getting a, agree. Get in a healthy, safe relationship right. before you're in, engaging right. in sex. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But the shaming toxic yeah. tactics to tell people that mm-hmm. you are nothing if wow. you do that. Like you're, you're, yeah. you are worthless. Like right. you have now become like a chewed up piece of gum. It's terrible. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so that's a problem. So then those girls, if they had any kind of sexual abuse, it's, it's even more significant. Even more. Yep. And mm-hmm. they can't share because mm-hmm. now, you know, 
oh, maybe they were at the wrong place. They didn't go to church that day. Right. And instead they went somewhere else and right. this happened to them. Yeah. And I've heard that story. Right. People just have this guilt. I don't know. I, I think, do you think that a lot of us just have guilt in general about things in, in our lives? And so when something like this, it's so personal happens. Right. It's just hard to, to report it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, it's hard enough when you have guilt when you actually did something wrong. You know what I mean? Think about it. You know, like yeah. <laughs> kid growing up stealing a cookie out of the cookie jar or something like that. That's yeah. one thing, you know, when you're talking about something that then, you know, you start to believe yourself, I really was responsible for right. this and this is my fault. I, I can't imagine that kind of combination. That's lethal. Right. I so mean, it just is. So that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking right now, it, yeah. Yeah, like the initial question was, why aren't some why aren't certain people reporting it when it first happens? If one in four girls, right. one in six boys under 18 and uh, will be sexually abused before they turn 18 and one in five women, right? And one in 71 men will be raped at some point in their lives. Why aren't there more reports? That's really what it comes mm-hmm. down and to. 75% aren't reporting. Okay? And wow. 75, actually a little bit, it's actually closer to 78% right. are not reporting. It's insane. Yeah. Right? So it's like what Carrie was saying, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes along with it because you're mm-hmm. not being, um, if I may say, you're not given the correct information. Instead, you're being shamed like, oh, you're the you're the trash or you're less than. Yeah. Um, so nobody wants to be that person. Yeah. Nobody wants to be told that or to recognize that. But at the same time, it's eating you up inside. So normally we see that um, here in the counseling mm-hmm. center. We'll see people come in later in their life and talk about those um, experiences, which they haven't ever been able to to get over it, you know, or you're seeing it in different areas of their life where it's not allowing them, um, to move forward. I I have, Mm. I actually have chills because I was just thinking about one that you and I talked about a while ago, um, about somebody who came as an adult Mm -hmm. and they had been, something happened to them in childhood Mm -hmm. and they never reported it. Mm. And that same adult was doing the same thing to another Mm. family member and it came the information came out Mm. and this person right it's something you know something like that um was so upset came to counseling because Mm. they said i'm so upset if i had told right i could have saved these other people yes Mm. from from suffering like this right and it's you know i mean i guess now what 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 would you say to somebody who comes to the counseling center or actually, you know what I would say is either people who are not coming to counseling yet, they mm-hmm. haven't reported it. They, they reported don't it. even know what's going on in their yeah. marriage or in their relationships. Or how about when their teenage, their daughter mm-hmm. or son, whichever yeah. gets to the age where they're sexually, you know, interested. Right? right. And they're starting to be interested in, in sexual things. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, adolescents and the mom or the dad, whoever has had an issue when they were younger, all of a sudden becomes hyper vigilant you know no you can't go anywhere you can't do anything right and the child's like um Why? i just like this boy and we held hands you know? that's it yeah. Yeah. and you're upset <laughs> what am i doing yeah. i mean so so that's another way where what's not transformed will get transmitted right. because now kids don't have a healthy mm-hmm. view on sexuality mm-hmm. right. because of what their parents are how their reactions are All right, ladies, I think that's a good place to take a break for a second here. We'll give a little pause to the listeners. Come back even stronger after the break. You're listening to Life After PTSD. Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. 
Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. Here we are back with Life After PTSD, having a very interesting conversation, an important one, talking about the subject of why most sexual trauma and rape and sexual abuse goes unreported. Let's let's talk about when we talk about the family, you know, the stats are telling us that about 34% of the childhood sexual abuse that happens out there happens from a family member, mm, okay? Ouch. For starters. Yeah. And you know, we've seen stories in the news before where, you know, family it was it was uncovered post facto or whatever that families had had covered up this stuff within, yeah. you know, their own siblings and that's a me- I mean, that's that's so a holidays mess. are really fun during that time. Well, well, Boy. yeah, but I mean, think about yeah. how hard this, I mean, you know, as, as parents, all three of us are parents and we, we have, we, we experience anguish sometimes with our mm-hmm. kids. We want the best for our kids. We love our kids. We, we, mm-hmm. we don't want to play favorites with our kids, right? We love every one of them's unique and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, to Come me, on, Jeff, we know you have a favorite. <laughs> well, it, you know, it depends, depends who brought me food last, depends I guess, what what to. but no, I, you know, I look at this and I go, how difficult it must be. I'm not excusing this behavior, but man, right. I empathize with it. I, yeah. I can empathize that sort of anguish that a parent would feel when they uncover something like this yeah. and they don't know what to do with it. Right. Right. Cause they didn't ask to be in that situation or whatever, but My the goodness. bottom line is, you know, if they don't act, then it, it's, I mean, you know that in a mess. So yeah. You're saying when a parent uncovers and I know yeah. I, I will never forget Jeff, the day that I sat with a client and this is years and years ago, mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And they told me about one sibling abusing another sibling and they yeah. had put the one sibling was in jail. I mean, they were in ch- wow. a child, mm-hmm. um, I can't think, child detention center. Sure. And Juvie. I remember thinking to myself, my first thought was, my what a horrible parent. I did. Yeah. And, then I, and then I immediately thought, well, that's a terrible thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like she has to do something. But my thought was, but that's a child too. Yeah. Right. Like, so the older one was still a child and they were and, and he was wrong. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but I remember right. thinking, what would I do as a child? What would you do? I mean, what would yeah. I do as a parent as a if it was my children? See, that's the tension I'm describing right there. Like, which is, like which it's is one why of those my situations children just like, I pray I'm never in that, you know? Like, right. I can't think of much worse to have to sort of navigate, you know, yeah. as a parent. It's oh, an it's, awful it's, situation. It's actually, right. And the thing is, it's not unique, though. It happens right. so often. So terrible. So often. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, often it happens exploration, you right. know, it's just something... Um, it's somewhat innocent, right? Yes. And right. then, and then nobody tells. So that there is a normal development. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was gonna have. Frame. I want you guys to speak to that. I really yeah. Do. yeah. So you're gonna see if you see like five year olds, even up to eight year olds. I would say there's that normal development where mm-hmm. they're curious, they're figuring out their bodies sure. and such, and so they may even do that with their own siblings and mm. such. But if you see it to the extent, right, that it's often and it's continuous and it just seems abnormal um quite often maybe you can give me a, give a little bit more information then you want to look into well, it and see of course what's it's really never going. okay mm. for right. one sibling i mean you weren't saying it's okay for a right. sibling it's to touch okay. another it's not in private but, but i'm saying if it happens that's when you address it right, right. hey mm-hmm. this is but, but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth on this paula are you saying though it's it's common it's one of those things deal with it but it's not one of those things that should be caused for alarm necessarily with a parent that totally freak out because this is right. what kids kind of can do sometimes and they need they need guidance in that exactly. sort of situation is that what I, you're saying yeah and yeah. you know it, it, i think it's normal for a parent to be like oh my god what's happening here 
you know, yeah. and it's okay to question it. And yeah. so that they can look in, look more into it. And yeah. if they come into a counseling or they actually look it up or whatnot, they'll notice that it's part of a, a normal, once again, it's normal, right? It's that normal development phase of a child to explore some with their own bodies. Mm. Um, mm. And so that's important also to know, but if it is a concern, I think it's important also to look into that. And I, and I mm. think, you know, you have to trust your gut too as a yes. parent, right? right? You know, your kids, you're wanting mm. Trust your gut. If, if it's something you're thinking, okay, this is just, they're exploring their own bodies. It's, you know, you talk to them. I mean, right. talk to them about what's going on with their body. Talk yeah. to them about what to expect. I mean, th- there are some good conversations that can be had yeah. during those times. So, mm-hmm. so, so let's, let's get a little bit practical here. I want to talk about what can be done for this from a counseling perspective so we can go there. But um, before we do that, maybe, you know, we've engaged the subject of parents with kids right now. So why don't we stay on that line of thinking for just for a second here. You know, there's parents out there asking the question, well, how do you navigate this? Like, does can I let my kids go to sleepovers? Can I go to mm. these functions where these things can tend to happen? Like, what, what say you guys on stuff like that? Like, I mean, I know that's all contextual and you, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. you can give a blanket answer on this kind <laughs> of stuff. You probably don't but, ask me about that. <laughs> well, I, 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 but I do. I do. And I think the listeners need to hear maybe a raw, a raw response, you know, if there's one. Yeah. So. Sleepovers. Yeah. I, I. I have acquiesced and allowed some sleepovers, but yeah. early on with mm-hmm. my first two children, mm-hmm. I, um, I'd never allowed sleepovers because that's where you hear things happening okay. all the time. So you knew consciously that's why you weren't doing, I mean, that was like oh, your, maybe you, your number one reason I mean, to Jeff, not allow it. Because I had, a, I had heard way too much before I had my first, maybe not, well, by the time I had my second mm-hmm. child, right, right. I had heard so much. I mean, of, of the first 20 clients I ever had, like 18 of them had somehow to do with sexual abuse. Wow. And, and I was overwhelmed because this was not what I wanted my specialty to be. Right. It was not my specialty. I did, I, I thought this is this rampant yeah. and started doing research. And this is 28 years ago. Yeah. I mean, this was, so I've heard a lot. So by the time my second child came around, I looked at my husband and I said, our kids are never going anywhere out of this bubble right yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought, because I heard all kinds of stories yeah. about what can happen yeah. and often where it happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so now I have, I mean, my, if my daughter's listening, she's like, mom, I sleep over all the time. We do have specific friends. She's very, right. <laughs> she's allowed to sleep over. But, um, but yes, I think you have to be really careful. And, right. but, and I think, you know, going back to the an original question, why don't people report? Right. I think, often we haven't trained our children to know to report right well you know, it's kind of like we don't they don't yeah. know that it's it was even word. wrong it's yeah so word. i actually became i had children before i became a counselor but mm-hmm. i was on that train too okay you know, yeah i'm like i know there's a lot of stuff that happens at sleepovers so you know specific friends i have to know the parents like mm-hmm. still to, <laughs> still today sure. i have to know the parents i have to know what their thought is you know their thought processes well at this point because they bring right. phones with them right oh yeah for i mean sure. i say uh do you have filters on your phones yeah. and do you are you yeah yeah a hundred percent so um thereafter mm-hmm. you know just jumping now that i am a counselor i do see it much more in I'm just hearing the stories and also hearing the parents and, and how it happened. Like, how could I have been, right? And so you just never know, and it's unfortunate. But it does happen even during sleepovers, um, you and know. E- and it, even 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 if you don't have sleepovers, it can happen in the yeah. backyard, in the right. pool, while you're watching from the kitchen. Right. You know, um, it can happen. It can happen anywhere. It can happen anywhere, anywhere. at school. Um, and to boys or girls, you know. Yes, boys or girls. Please do not think that this is just girls. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk from a counseling perspective for you guys, then, you know, somebody comes in, they're 
they, they've dealt with this either in childhood or it's happened recently, maybe in the teenage years or as an adult or whatever, what is possible for them? You know, we talk about life after PTSD. What mm-hmm. is, what is possible? What do you guys see with your clients and what kind of healing, you know, cause I, I think there's a lot of people out there that go, okay, I, I get this whole life after PTSD mm-hmm. thing for like you, you went through a car accident or mm-hmm. something like that and you can help you drive again or whatever. But the sexual thing, mm-hmm. it's a different animal. I think a lot right. of people kind of believe that. And they may be right in, in some level, right? But It, it, uh, it definitely yeah. is a different animal because right. it does affect um, your future, right? I mean, sure. granted, a car accident, you need to drive again. Sure. But you can, you know, it's it's different. It's you, It affects your intimate relationships, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, your intimacy going forward. Right. This was compromised mm-hmm. and yes. I don't know what to do now. And often they don't. You know, people will say, well, I, I think if I just try harder, I can fix it. Mm. But, I mean, you and I both know, Paula, yeah. that clients often need to come in and rewire their mm-hmm. brain. I mean, right. their brain, when they think of sexual things, they may not even realize it. it's going to a negative place. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say about it? Yeah, well, mm. um, what I was going to say, really, it's about how motivated they are. And it's hard because, right, they'll come in and they want to be better, but how motivated are you, right? I Unfortunately, I can help you, but you've got to do the work, right? So well, there's this part. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so true it's because often though, when you've been, when you've lived with this for so long, so long, this has yeah. been your normal, and you don't know who mm-hmm. you are without, yeah. especially you know, sexual things that started really early. Kids mm-hmm. who are mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. abused when they were four, or five, mm-hmm. four or five years old, right? They often don't even realize it's affecting them as an adult, and they come in for depression or anxiety or some other reason or marital problems some other reason and then right. we realize oh wait you had this thing that impa- impacted you when you were really right young yeah and do you think that that could be affecting you now yeah and often they're like no that's that's not what it is it's 100%, because percent by the way that is so true they mm. can't imagine that it's something from their childhood no there's no way no there has to be a different reason mm. why i can't mm. sleep at night yep. yeah it's really just because right. you know my husband didn't do the dishes today right. that's what it is or he didn't pick up the kids <laughs> on time or whatever right, whatever right, right. annoyance there is right? right it's it's my today day-to-day day-to-day life is what's mm-hmm. and it's not oh wait maybe it's that message that mm-hmm. i'm not enough mm, right and to me that message of i'm not enough is why i'm harder mm-hmm. on my husband or mm-hmm. harder on my partners or friends so and 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 why i don't give the kids the education they need and talk mm-hmm. to them about sex because right. i don't know what to say right and you know what uh, about what you just said when they end up having to okay i there's something going on with me but i can't seem to figure it out and there was this childhood abuse and when they finally start, it starts to come out, right? So it's fine. It's transmitting in a different way because they haven't been able to process it out. And we're here and we're asking, when did you start feeling this way? When did all this, um, uh, when did you really get triggered? When we get to the root of it, it always goes back to that. Right. It always goes back Absolutely. to that abuse. It always goes back to that assault. Um, and so it's really important that that is actually I don't want to say it this way, but yeah, you have to deal deal with it some way, somehow. There has to be some sort of healing, right? And so life after PTSD, and that's exactly what it is. We're looking at the first three to six months as shock, you know? And so how can someone really speak out during that time? They're literally trauma, right? Three, the first three to six months, that's the rummaging thoughts. Can't sleep, you know, can't eat, losing weight, you know, all these different symptoms, you can't live a normal life during that time. It's hard to And, and then other things happen, right? Because you right. can't yeah. sleep, because you can't eat, because you're not living a normal life. All of a sudden, now you're snapping at your kids. Mm-hmm. Now you're snapping at your spouse or your friends or your 
not engaging with your friends or maybe you're missing work and now you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not doing your job to the yeah. best of your ability. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's all these other things are, so now right. you're blaming yourself even more. Right. Well, no, this is my fault. I should be able to do these things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's finish with the, just a quick thought here. Maybe Paula, you can take this and run with it. You know, you said many people are not ready to do that sort of work. Like right. how would you coach somebody? Like somebody's listening to this right now and they're right. going, you know, what, what kind of mindset do they need to have? What are some of the beliefs that they need to maybe start to believe or change or whatever to to get them ready to do that work? Right. So I believe that, you know, healing can happen, whether it's volunteer, like if you come in or it's involunteer. So if you've got a great support system, your family's wanting to help you, they know what's been happening and you come in, um, but you don't really know how this is going to work out. Um, Just know that it's going to be a process. It's going to be a long process, but in that process, you'll find you will find healing and it's going to be one day at a time celebrating the little victories along the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really important. And also, if there's a lack of motivation, you know, it's it's going to be a slow work in progress. Mm-hmm. But this too shall pass. Right. Well, and never uh, some, some I'm, I'm quoting someone, but I can't think of never underestimate the power of mm. increment, incremental change. Right. Yeah. Mm. Those small changes, changes because they're everything. Because eventually you look, back, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I've come a long way. A long way. Mm. Um, and and. Also, I want to say, while it's a slow process, you do get healing because you of do. some of the techniques we right. use. You do get healing pretty, you start to feel better right. pretty quickly. Yeah, it, you'll see, you'll see if you're working on that healing, you'll see, um, and you're in it, you'll see some changes between 18 to 24 months like that you're doing much better. And you may even see that even before. So when you say that, I go, oh my goodness, I'm going to call a counseling center to be 18 to 24 months. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I'm thinking, right. yeah, I'm thinking we see changes. I mean, right away, you, we right. see certain changes right away, definitely. Um, but I'm talking about, um, you know, for a, like someone that's, there's a lack of motivation. Let's just say someone that's not really coming in um, voluntarily, like, and they have to go through a process, um, that can take some time for some more, for some people, it's a lot more immediate, like, especially if we're using art or EMDR or RTM or NLP, right? If we're using any of these, if you're coming in here and we're going to definitely, we're trained to help, um, to reduce that anxiety, reduce those um, symptoms of depression, and definitely with PTSD. Um, so we're going to help you out even more. The healing is going to happen even faster. And that's true. I've seen that. So, yeah. And also, I think we have to remember that um, like PTSD is you know disorder, right? It's a disorder. Right. Yeah. And really, these are more of you know disorder characterizes now we have symptoms like there's symptoms mm-hmm. when really these are just reactions these are normal reactions we talked right. earlier about things being normal mm-hmm. so what's happening to these people mm-hmm. are normal reactions that's to an right. event yes and so 100%. even years later that's mm-hmm. just a reaction that is just to something reaction. that happened to them so I, I just want to encourage people you know when you when you feel like things aren't going the way you want them to mm-hmm. or you just can't figure it out and there is something in your past and you don't, right. you, you don't really want to focus on that in counseling, yeah. but you know, there's something I would encourage you to reach out, right? right? When you say reach out. Yeah. And then also I think the fact that you're on, un, if somebody is unmotivated to get to change, unmotivated to get help, right? but maybe they're motivated to change. Right. Oh, that's a good one. That yeah. we can work with them with on, Hey, yeah. why would you want to be motivated? We can right. get, we can help, yeah. um, 
figure out a reason to be motivated. Right. And also one of the things is like it's merited, right? All those symptoms, the normal reactions, all of that is merited. If there's like depression and there's anger and there's bargaining, right? You mean it's not a weakness? It's not just me? (laughs) Denial and acceptance, right? It's it's, It's it's a a normal normal process. Mm. That's right. But just get help. Reach out. And sometimes you said too, sometimes people, they have resources in their family and they can connect with their family and they can talk to their spouse or their mom or their sister and that's healing. And they may not need that. Yes, they Where, may not. They right. may, they, exactly. Really, they may be able to just talk to their family and just get those get resources. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay. I would encourage that too. But but sharing and getting some, you know, um, that 50 story view, you know, the height mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. view of, of your life, like somebody else looking down going, wait a minute, but you were four when right. that happened, like that couldn't have been your fault. Right? Mm-hmm, right. You know, somebody else looking at that, I think is really powerful. So just talk to somebody about it, mm-hmm. report right. it mm-hmm. to someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, you know, again, one of the emphasis of the show is to talk about people using memory reconsolidation techniques, you know, here and across the country and really across the world, right? Getting results. And so find somebody that does that, find somebody that is, you know, trained in what EMDR, art, RTM, NLP, all of these different things. There are techniques out there. And um, I know you ladies are, so we appreciate yeah. that for sure. And uh, certainly they can find you at firstorlandocounseling.com. Hey, for the rest of the listeners out there, we drop episodes every single week, like clockwork on Mondays. And so we want you to subscribe on all major platforms and share. There's somebody out there, like always, that needs to hear this episode and this would benefit them to hear this sort of dialogue. And so please do that for us. And we will catch you next Monday here on Life After PTSD. To learn more about our work, visit lifeafterptsd.org and find further reading and resources to help you on your journey and opportunities to partner with this mission. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review and share it with your community. For production inquiries or to sponsor the show, email info at lifeafterptsd.org. 